Good evening, and welcome back to the Marginally Pertinent Podcast. I am your co-host, Randall, here with my great, absolutely awesome friend and co-host, Bart Harper. Bart, how you doing? Today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Randall. Um, you know, he gave me all those accolades there, but you know who's really awesome is Randall, because... We've, we've talked about our nerdiness in the past and um, how we play the, this, these role-playing games. Well, Randall so kindly gave all the, the guys in the group a gift card to iTunes so we could buy the digital dice app that goes with this. Um, he's probably just tired of actually making all the dice rolls for us, but it's pretty awesome that he was willing to do that for us. So I'm giving it a silent applause so as not to mess up the recording. Thanks. The recording. (laughs) And you're welcome. So, all right. So that's us. You know, we're here marginally pertinent, hopefully bringing you some marginally pertinent travel tips today uh, because that's today's topic and now Bart we've mentioned this before on the podcast that you have a unique uh, view of travel because you literally do this for your job and I'll let you kind of go into detail again about what your job is we can't tell who you work for but we can tell what you do and and the industry you're in so I'll let you take it from here that is correct Uh, so yes I am a flight attendant um, for an airline and I get to see a lot of stuff out there. Um, I've also learned how to be a better passenger just from watching passengers during boarding, deplaning during the flight, not even on the airplane, walking through the airport, things like that. Um, So my goal in this episode is to give you all some pertinent tips on how to travel effectively and not to annoy your flight attendants. Because I tell you, we all talk about it. (laughs) So you're saying that if you've done something stupid on a plane or something that's like semi-annoying, You've probably come up in a um, like a, a break room gossip discussion session at some time since then. That is correct. Um, okay. You are actually probably being talked about right now on a Facebook page. Mm. Mm. Okay, so that's your job is to is to kind of educate those of us, whether you're a seasoned traveler or maybe you've only happen to fly because uh, this this is an episode on flying now if you're driving we might do it completely because you know people need to learn how to use their blinker <laughs> signals but this is this is a this is an episode just for flying getting to the airport getting through security boarding passes etiquette stuff like that so i my job this is i am the ignorant one is to ask the hard questions tonight bart from, from this from this side of the discussion all right, and I will try to give some breaks. Um, so, 
I didn't realize that my show notes were so long. Randall was able to see that I have seven pages of show notes and and you confess that you're not I'm even not finished. Even finished. Um, and, and to give people an idea of what our normal show notes are like is about half a page to three quarters of a page. And, and Barton here has seven pages and it's not finished. So this may turn into an eight-parter. <laughs> I'm going to try to condense it. And I think that I think I can make it roll pretty quick. I can probably roll some of this stuff together because some of it might repeat maybe no not actually not a lot of it does but the, i i've real i really think that i've got some good advice for people out there for first time flyers for for third time flyers for 98th time flyers um if you could see me i am already rocking back and forth in my chair talking with my hands because i am about to get uh into this discussion. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time and let's just, um, let's get right into it then. So like the first one that we have listed is for holiday travel because Thanksgiving and Christmas is right around the corner. Thanksgiving is what? Three weeks away, something like that. And so we have here holiday travel and while we're still at the house, so packing, getting our documents and stuff together and you have listed here attire, the clothing that we're going to wear through the airport and on the plane. So what do we need to be wearing, aware of, and things like that to have the best possible flight going in? All right. So believe it or not, airlines do actually have dress codes. The problem is they don't often enforce them, uh, except for airlines with first class and business class. They will enforce dress codes on those people um, because they expect a higher class of individual to be flying first class or business class. Um, now, flying coach, typically you're not going to have a word said to you about what you're wearing unless it is explicitly vulgar or offensive in nature. Um but even so, I have I still see stuff coming on the plane, and I'm like, really, you got by with that? Um, I have asked people to turn their shirts inside out because it had inappropriate language, um, so it, it was made to be offensive. So stuff like that, we're allowed. We as flight attendants are allowed to ask you to either put something else on or turn it your shirt inside out if it is explicitly offensive. Now, this is, uh, now this is not stuff that like um, um, common phrases uh, from like snowflake culture. I use that in quotations there. Think things that might just have recently become offensive or things like that. This is things that have been time honored. People know these are like words you shouldn't put on a shirt, images that shouldn't be on a shirt, things like that, right? That is correct. Um, it, it, yeah, it is stuff that when people hear it, they know, like if it is said, you know that you really shouldn't be saying it. Um, I mean, we can, it, like you said, time honored things you don't say in public. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So when you're getting dressed at home, 
really the best thing to wear flying on an airplane, especially during these winter holidays. Wear some pants. Wear, you can wear a a t-shirt. You can layer, but, you know, don't look like you're getting ready to do some yard work. Don't look like you're getting ready to go start work in the corner, um, even if that's your job. Uh, you need to dress because it's more than likely going to be cold on that airplane. Nobody has blank. Well, okay, some have people, some airlines still have blankets, but you got to pay for them a lot of times. Um, so just dress warmer, wear pants, wear appropriate attire. I say business casual really is how you should dress because that's, I mean, when people used to travel in the old days, I use air quotes on that. I mean, they would be wearing suits and ties for, for any travel they were doing on an airplane because airplane travel was kind of exclusive. I mean, it was for the time expensive. We've kind of turned it into mass transit now. Um, but we could still, we could still bring ourselves to, to represent human beings better uh, by dressing well. Right. I think it's interesting you say that because, you know, my wife and family and I, we uh, traveled uh, on, on a plane this summer. And I did happen to notice that there were not as many people in like the suit and the tie and stuff like that. Um, it, of course, that may have been our destination as well. It was not something that a businessman would be going to. But we've also flown um, out to San Diego on a flight as well and did not see the suit and tie. We, we saw more khakis and polos, that kind of wear on guys that looked like they were on business trips. But for the most part, it looked like it was uh, a bunch of 20-year-olds with their backpacks just doing some world travel. That's kind of what we saw, like the just the jeans and the T-shirt kind of guy. And yeah, and it- there's nothing wrong with jeans and a t-shirt. I mean, that is kind of how things are going. It, it, the world is so much more casual than it was in the past. But another note I had, don't wear pajamas and house shoes. You, because honestly, I know you want to be comfortable. I know airplanes, airplane seating does not equal comfort again, unless you are paying for those first class business class seats that fold into beds and, and you're getting massages and all that. I don't know if anybody actually does that, but, um, it sounds nice. That would be nice. (laughs) Um, but yeah, don't wear pajamas. Don't wear house shoes. It's just not cool. Um, you look, it's not cool. Even going to Walmart people that are listening yes okay so don't do it on a plane either don't dress like you're going to the beach or like you're coming from the beach i've seen that and then had this girl in a bikini top say oh it's cold on here i need a do you have a blanket you're on an airplane why are you dressed like you're at the beach no i don't have a blanket at thirty thousand. anyway um yeah <clears throat> so when you're still at home, think about what you're wearing to the airport. Just put a little bit of thought. And I am almost certain this is something we say to each other as flight attendants. 
that poor person must not have any mirrors in their house. Oh, that's, that's kind it of harsh. It is kind of harsh. But... Um, I don't know that I've actually said it, but I've heard it a lot. Uh, and right. Because, because some people just don't seem to know. So I'm telling you, look in the mirror. Be classy. Bring some class back to the airline travel with your attire. Okay. I think we've hammered in what to wear, what not to wear. What not to wear. Okay. Yes. So to, to recap, dress appropriately. Uh, don't wear uh, offensive material. Like, come on, people. If you can't wear it to work, don't wear it to the airport. And then it's going to be cold. You're at 30,000 feet or, or, may, or maybe more, more or less. Right, Bart? Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be colder up there. So it's going to be kind of hard to heat that air. It's going to be cold on the plane. So don't be wearing your tube tops and things like that and shorty shorts. <laughs> dudes, dudes and ladies. Okay, I don't care who you are because dudes get cold too. Yes. But all right. So that's tire. So the next thing you have on here while you're still at home is your boarding pass. Talk about the detail about that. All right, so I'm actually going to lump, for the sake of time, boarding passes and travel documents kind of into the same uh, topic here. Uh, so your boarding passes, okay. this is what you use. You get to the airport. You're going to hand to the operations agent at the gate, or they're going to scan it more likely. They don't take them anymore at most airlines. Um, you can... Print it off at home. Most airlines, you're, the earliest you can print them out is 24 hours in advance. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a deadline, you know, for the lateness or how close to the flight you can print it out. Um, but depending on what you have done on your electronic registration, uh, you may be required to come to a ticket counter uh, if you know there's something on there that you've said maybe you you need help pre-boarding you've got an assistive device such as an electronic wheelchair things like that you will probably have to uh, go to a ticket counter for that and you can get your boarding passes then uh, also we we had to go to the ticket counter because we were traveling with minor children. Mm, yes, that is that is another possibility there. We will always travel. Well, we we got passports for the kids a while ago. Um, one of them has expired, so we need to get another one. But we would either travel with those with the kids, or before we had those, we would take the birth certificates along. Just because in this day and age with human trafficking. You don't want to possibly get suspected of that. That's going to cause you some headache um, if you're legitimate. Um, and human trafficking is a legit oh, yeah. thing. It happens all the time. Um, a year or so ago, we were talking about statistics of just the ones that come through the DFW area or Dallas Fort Worth area, and it was somewhere in the vicinity of like 3 million kids a year. We're being trafficked through Dallas. Warfare. Anywhere there is an international airport, you are going to have human smuggling, human trafficking. And 
we don't have time no. to go into detail yeah. about that. That might be an entirely different episode. Uh, if listeners are interested in that, want to learn more, we could definitely do one about that because it's it's a problem and it needs to stop. It, but yeah, if you are if you're interested track. in hearing about that, just uh, let us know on the webpage, or uh, you know, you can shoot us emails uh, from the marginally pertinent website, marginallypertinent.com. Um, thank plug. you. All right. So back to your boarding passes, uh, new tech, I say new technology airlines don't upgrade fast. Uh, it has to somewhat to do with regulations, but it's also just to do with money. Airlines don't like to spend money to upgrade stuff because that makes the shareholders and the board members, cringe in their old man and old women's shoes and uh now i'm losing some money because we gotta upgrade things why aren't we riding the horse and buggies anymore um because <laughs> then you wouldn't be a shareholder in an in a uh, airline that's, that's why okay but so now a lot of airlines do electronic boarding passes if you have the the app that goes with your airline you can usually check in on that and you will get an electronic boarding pass on your phone. When you get to the airport, you just show that you don't, you no longer have to print out the boarding pass paper or get it from the ticket counter. You can have it right there on your phone and that works to get you through TSA. Uh, that works to get you on the airplane. Uh, other travel documents that you need passports. If you are flying internationally, you must have a passport, just in case you didn't know. Uh, driver's license, at a minimum, if you have a driver's license, you need to bring your driver's license because you have to have a photo ID. If you don't have a driver's license and you have another government-issued photo ID, bring that. And as I said earlier, uh, for your minor kids, bring a birth certificate. Uh, it, it's not going to hurt, and it can possibly help you. Okay, so government issued ID. This would be something like your uh, military ID. Mm -hmm. things yeah, like that. Uh, that would work. Um, I know that there are other state issued IDs that they have out there. I don't know what they're called. Um, probably for typically, it's like for elderly folks that have had their driver's license revoked. Uh, okay, so. All right, so I have one question about boarding passes on paper and electronic. Mm -hmm. Which which do you think the airlines would prefer, paper or the electronic ones? <clears throat> or do they really? I th probably the electronic ones are becoming more reliable because if you have a printer problem at home or the ink on the printer at the airport is going bad that scanner may not work on your your barcode or your little uh qr qr is that what it is yeah qr the little yeah, blocky yeah. thingy why are we with those horse and buggies still says old man bart uh, <laughs> all right yeah so on your cell phone screen those will never be blurry those will never be messed up so so really those probably are better it's one less thing you have to worry about 
you can take a screenshot of it. That way, you know, you've got a picture of it. Oh, um, now I don't think I can say this without possibly giving away who I work for. So I better not, better not do that. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's excellent. We, we did electronic when we flew the last couple of times and it worked out really, really well. Good. Um, like I said, I wasn't having to, because you always have your phone. That's probably the one thing that you're not going to sit down and leave in an airport. You're going to stick it in your pocket or a bag or something like that. Um, the piece of paper for boarding pass. I was, when we did have that, the prior to when we used electronic, I was freaking out, checking the zippers in my thing all the time, making sure I had that dumb piece of paper. It was insane. So, but I had my phone. I'm like, Oh, look at there. I'm playing a game, reading a book, listening to a podcast, like marginally pertinent on my phone. And then time to check in like, Oh, I'll just pull up the screenshot here. Boom. I'm on the plane. There you go. Uh, it would not hurt to have a, paper copy of your boarding pass though just if you like to have redundancy in your life you're allowed to print out that boarding pass that paper boarding pass and have it on your phone okay good tip good tip for those that uh want a little backup just in case maybe phone runs out of battery exactly or you do lose your phone it happens people leave their phones all the time which is another later topic so We'll stick with where we are. Okay. Well, all right. So we are still at home. So uh, to kind of wrap that up, boarding passes, make sure you have everything you need to get through security and then to board the plane, which is your boarding pass. And then your travel documents, like your passport, your driver's license or other fo- or government issued ID, photo ID. And then for the littles, you might as you might as well just bring your birth certificate along just in case there's a holdup in security or something like that. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, so the next thing that we have, and I, I think you take three pages for this, is I'm just kidding, uh, but it is rather long. You go into a lot of detail about this next topic, and I was actually very impressed with it because half of this stuff I have never thought of, and it's the topic of bags. So while you're at home, you're packing, you're getting your bags together. What do we need to know about them? Okay, this. Bags are a big thing with all airline employees uh, from from the ticket counter to the operations agent um, that's doing your boarding pass because they have to check bags sometimes. They have to look for oversized bags, things like that, that they know will not fit in the uh, carry-on bins um, to flight attendants just staring at you because you're like, really? You thought that would fit? On an airplane, Ben? (laughs) Anyway, okay. Rant off. Back to informative. Okay. Your carry-on bags. Please. Please. If you can't find it on the airline's website, call the airline to see what the bin size restrictions are. We We have limited space on the airplane. And I know that airplanes are marvelous impressive magical machines that carry you through the air and most people don't have any idea how it works but the laws of physics still apply and your giant square box is not going to fit into a narrow rectangular bin sorry i'm getting a little rain tea again call call 
so, so, so you're saying so you're saying that my ginormous eight foot bag is not going to fit in your two and a half foot space. That is correct. Uh, now, also, uh, you mentioned to call the airline. Not all planes are created equal in their storage space and overhead capacity. That correct? is correct. There is kind of a, a basic size restriction. Now, when you get into your smaller regional jets, uh, your small prop uh, propeller-driven airplanes, they are much smaller restrictions because they're much smaller aircraft. Uh, typically, your once you start getting into the major, more major airlines where you're flying the mainline stuff, uh, you're looking at about, I believe it's 22 inches tall by... 14 inches watt, maybe it's, see, I don't even remember. Um, look, look on the website, call your airline, find out what the size restrictions are. Because if it is exceeding those restrictions, it's not going to fit. Here's another thing. I'm just going to keep rolling unless you stop me with a question. I was I was going to say though if you're checking the website please know that the website may not be updated with the most recent restrictions or regulations or whatever so it might be a good idea just to call and make sure that you have the most recent statistics or whatever good point um, here's another thing just because you can carry it does not mean it is a carry-on, a tuba, hat boxes, artwork, rarely fit. Musical instrument cases rarely fit in the overhead bins. Um, yes, a guitar will fit. Any guitar case will fit, but it takes up a lot more space. So if you are one of the last people to board with your guitar, it's not going to go well for your guitar. If in so you're saying, so you're saying that the term carry on is a little misleading. There, it is though. a little misleading. Uh, also with carry ons, most carry on bags will expand. They've got an extra special zipper that makes you able to cram more stuff in your carry on bag. When you expand your bag, it will not fit. That zipper okay. makes it a checked bag, not a carry-on. Okay. That's that's a good point there because it does add an extra inch and a half to two inches of space, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're trying to cram a 12-inch bag into a 10-inch space, things are not going to go well, especially if you have stuff in that bag that's likely fragile or delicate you could end up damaging the bag if you i mean there's some bags that cost a lot of money out there or the contents within the bag as well and i'm glad you brought that up randall don't bring your louis vuitton luggage that that stuff i mean unless you can afford to throw away louis vuitton or any other gucci whatever high-end stuff is now because there's a chance it's going to get ripped. There's a chance you're going to have to check it. There's a chance it could get lost. 
and beat up and all sorts of rained on things like that. If you spent your life savings on that luggage set, don't bring it, leave it in the closet because something's going to happen to it. Okay. Excellent. Leave that one for the day trip to the in-laws or something like that when you're traveling like that. Yes. All right. So a little, uh, thing here now with um, to go between checked bags and carry-on bags, a lot of people don't know what you can bring on an airplane. Since September 11th, 2001, a lot of things have changed. In case you were born after that and you've been under a rock and just not paying attention to anything in history, uh, September 11th, 2001, terrorists crashed airplanes into buildings, killed lots and lots and lots of people. That's really the whole reason we have our current form of the TSA and Homeland Security and all of that. So there are things you are not allowed to bring on the airplane. Go to TSA.gov. That's the letters TSA, period, G-O-V. It has what you can bring on the plane, what you can check if you want to take it on your trip with you, but you're not allowed to take it on the plane. And then it has stuff that you just best leave it at home because it is not flying. Uh, Those fireworks that you wanted to take on your Christmas vacation because a lot of people like to shoot off fireworks. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing in Oklahoma, but down here in Texas, people love their fireworks at Christmas. You cannot travel with fireworks, not in checked luggage, not in the carry-on. Don't bring them because they are explosives. Okay, TSA.gov, everything you could want to know about what you can and cannot bring on the airplane or check uh, in your checked luggage. They will find it. And they will take it. Yes, and there will be no getting it back. No, sir. They may even... If they find it and are sus- it's suspect enough, they will find you in the airport. You will not be going on that trip. Yep. All right. Detain in a small little room, ask tons of questions, and you're going to miss your flight and possibly jail. Yes. Nobody wants that. All right. So on to checked luggage. This is where you're going to put your bigger things more your clothes that you don't need immediately, uh, your liquids, because, again, there are a lot of liquid restrictions uh, going on to the airplane, uh, up in the cabin of the airplane. So if you're bringing large bottles of shampoo, things like that, check it. You're going to check it because you can't bring it on. Um, If it's valuable, don't check it. Jewelry, cameras, uh, laptops, valuable items. Please do not put that in your uh, checked luggage. It's going to go missing. Sadly, there are TSA agents. Yeah, I know they've gotten clearance, but um, well, they may they may see something. I heard a story about a guy who brought his tools. Your it doesn't say anything about 
being unable to check tools, but he got to his destination. His, he opened his bag up. There was a little note saying your bag was inspected by TSA and all his tools were gone. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, like these were, crazy. this was his job. This was his profession. They were professional grade power tools that he needed for his job and they were gone. So just letting you know, if it's valuable, don't check it. it if you will need it and in the airport or during the flight, don't check it. Medications, uh, your wallet, if you, money, that goes along with valuables, don't check that. Uh, money, your phone, your tablet, uh, your travel documents, don't put it in the checked bags because you're going to need it in the airport or on the plane. Good stuff. My wife and I never check bags. A lot of people don't. We we just do we do we get by with carry-ons. We 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 try to pack enough into our carry-ons and the few things that we absolutely can't fit or have decided we could live without until we reach our destination, we typically will buy at our destination. Uh, but we we usually try to avoid checking a bag. Because you, you, cause you always hear the horror stories. Well, their bag got rerouted to New York. You're in LA yes. or something like that. And, uh, it, and while I'm sure that probably doesn't happen a ton of the time, you still hear the stories from it. And you don't want to be that guy or that gal that it happened to. No, you don't. You don't want your ugly sweater going somewhere else that you're not for that ugly sweater competition or party that's right that's right so keep your ugly sweater on you um, i understand there are some trips that you just have to check luggage because you're gone that long and so it, it's a necessity in that but if you can if you're going for a couple two or three days and you can pack enough clothes in your carry-on i might recommend just doing carry-on um and, and trying to get by with that i've also heard of people mailing their stuff ahead of time to their a hotel like FedEx or UPS. Yep. That is a real thing. If you have a lot of people that are going for like business conferences, they've got they, I think you'd probably remember from where we used to work together uh, in the, when I w was dabbling in the business, I wasn't dabbling. I was just biding my time until I got the job I wanted. Um, but I think you would have to go do presentations and like you'd or at least some of the people there would, and they would have like the, the signs and the boards and things like that. Yeah, we'd have to set up tables and stuff like that at conferences. Yeah. And stuff. So yeah. a lot yeah. of people that travel for that, they'll either cargo it on the airplane so that they'll pay the cargo cost because I'm sure it's not cheap. Well, you'd be surprised. It can be, it can actually be cheaper to do it that way. If it's big enough, than doing it by FedEx or UPS. Um, and it is more than likely going to get on the same flight you're on, so it arrives at the same time. Hmm. So that's one way to do it. Okay. All right. I learned. Yeah. Actually, I've learned, I've learned tons of stuff. I, we're like 30 minutes into this thing, and it's been blowing <laughs> my mind, all the stuff. Well, I'm so glad that this is informative for you as well. I hope everybody else listening is 
finding it informative and not just like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to know what my flight attendants are thinking about me now. <laughs> uh, yes, no doubt. No doubt. So we have, um, is there anything more on baggage that we uh, Not until we get to the airport. And so let's, we can go into car seats and strollers next. Let's do that then. So you have car seats and strollers. And now this obviously does not apply to everyone. This only applies to those that have the littles at home, the babies and the toddlers and, and those that are still in car seats and stuff. So what do those parents that have young children need to know about their car seats and strollers when heading to the All right. So there is a thing called a lap child. A lap child is a child that is under two years old. Once they have that second birthday, they can no longer be a lap child. But a lap child travels for free. A lap child is a wonderful blessing. And on that second birthday, I think my wife and I both started crying because we had to start having seats for our children. And that makes it a lot harder to travel uh, non-revenue, which is our preferred route because it's for free. Um, but it, then it's even more expensive when we actually have to buy tickets. So, right. all right. But here's the thing about having lap children. Your child is the safest on an airplane, just like they're the safest in the car if they are in a seat with a harness or a seat belt than in your lap. Because, God forbid, you get into an accident, and I'm not talking about falling from 35,000 feet. I'm talking about taxing down the runway and hot shot other airline pilot goes flying, you know, zooming in front of your plane, your pilots have to lock up the brakes and you're thrown forward. Guess what? That baby just became a projectile because, because you're not expecting it. You can't see what's going on in front. It is safer for them to be strapped into a seat. So having that car seat buckled in, that is another thing. People think they just set that car seat in the seat and it's safe. It is not. You have to buckle it in just like you have to buckle it in in the car. You have to buckle it in on the plane for it to be safe. Um, because the laws of motion still apply whether you're in a car or in a plane. So if you're still moving at you know the speed of whatever a taxiing plane is and that plane comes to a sudden stop, you're still traveling at that rate of speed and you're going to hit the hard-backed chair mm. in front Ex of you. Exactly. And another very popular thing is is either those wraps or the uh, Ergo Baby, Baby Bjorn, uh, baby carriers that while wonderful products, we had one when our kids were little as well, you cannot wear that you cannot have the baby inside of that for taxi takeoff and landing. Uh, it is not certified by the FAA. It is not safe. I get it. You're, you know, it's strapped to your body that way and it's not going to go flying. But again, when they lock up those brakes, you're traveling about 30, 25, 30 miles per hour down the taxiway and you go flying forward, your baby is going to get squished between your chest and your legs. Not so, good for baby. 
Right. So a 120 to 150 or 60 pound woman or man getting crushed between a bolted down chair. Not yes. good. Yeah. Um, all right. So back to car seats. Not all car seats are okay. aircraft approved. There. Okay. I did not know this. This was this was a fact that you put on here, and I'm reading through the show notes, and I was like, "Wow." Okay. So it could be it could be it could be automobile approved, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's aircraft Correct. approved. There's a label on the side. I think all car seats now have one side in English, one side in Spanish, at least here in America, and usually it's in red letters that it will say approved for aviation use or approved for aircraft use, something like that. Just because it's not in red letters doesn't mean it's not approved. Um, But it will, it won't just not say anything. If it's not, it will say this is not approved for aircraft use. Uh, Booster seats, not approved for use during taxi takeoff and landing. Only car seats that you can buckle in are. And if, if you can't find the sticker, maybe it doesn't have one or you're unsure, uh, I'm sure that you could probably check the manufacturer's website or call their customer service line and they would be glad to help you out in determining whether it's aircraft approved sure. or not. Yes. Um, and if, you know, nothing says you can't bring it because, you know, when you get to your destination, you're going to need that car seat or that booster seat to take your kid in the car. You can check it. You're allowed to check it. Just not allowed to use it on the plane for your child to sit in. Um, yeah, that actually went a lot faster than I thought on the car seat. So, yeah. Any questions? Uh, that's good information, though. Um, because if you're not used to flying and you've got a young one, you may not think about the car seat, whether it's approved or not approved, what you're going to do. You get there, you're like, oh, snap, I didn't bring a car seat. It's in the car back in the airport or something. Um, I don't know if rental, I don't, I don't know if rental car agencies have like booster seats or something like that that you could rent with a car. That might be a good idea. A lot of them do. Um, okay, cool. Um, but that's just an added expense to your travel, like if you're on a budget and stuff. So if you if you could plan to go ahead and take that, these are the things you need to be looking for and want to be aware of when you're packing that yes all right okay last thing while we're at home like we're still at home we've not even gotten to the airport yet it's last thing on here and it's food all right so many people think with those new tsa rules oh i can't be i can't bring my own food and drink on the plane or maybe they're thinking kind of like a restaurant where, you know, you you don't bring outside food or drink or a, a movie theater or whatever. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Oh, this is a business. I can't bring my own food and drink. You can okay. bring food. Although TSA has upped their screening there. I think there are some snack restrictions. There, I, I don't know. I should probably update my knowledge on that. Um, they are screening snacks now. So you, but that's, that's more for when we're at the airport where we can talk a little more about that, but you can bring food. What you cannot bring through security 
are liquids. You cannot bring drinks unless it's like baby formula um, or breast milk. Those are the only two things that you are allowed to bring through because it's required for the baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you... you- can you still bring like the liquids and the tiny bottles or whatever, or can you not even bring those like the sh- small little water bottles and stuff? Well, it's, I think they've upped the amounts cause it used to be only three ounces. I think they've upped to like 4.2 or something like that. So, I mean, even a tiny water bottle would still not be allowed. You can bring an empty reusable water bottle. Make sure it's empty. I've wondered that because you know, we have, you know, canteens and the water bottles and um, all those different things. And we, and we have wondered before if we could take those. And so you're saying that as long as they're empty, we can't. Correct. And then a lot of airports now, they've got these water bottle filling stations. So you can actually go and get filtered water into your water bottle. It's really nice. Very convenient. Especially versus paying the $4 for a 12-ounce bottle at the airport you get, you know, snack counter. You got it. Um, here's another thing. Do not expect the airline to provide a meal, a snack, or anything else that's going to meet yours or your child's dietary restrictions. They're, they're just not. Um, bring your own. Just bring your own. Don't... Or, or, if you want to make sure you can call the airline, they will tell you what they have. Just save yourself the headache of wondering and bring your own because you're allowed to. All right. Excellent. That's good. That's good stuff. I think, Excellent. I think we're ready to leave the house. <laughs> okay. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. Okay. And I'm going to go eat some fries. <laughs> Okay. And we're back. So, Bart, we just talked about what we need to do to prepare to go to the airport, what we need to get done at home. So we've got our bags packed. We've got our kids ready. We're wearing appropriate clothing. We've got our snacks and we've got our boarding passes and identification. We're heading to the airport. What do we need to do? Leave early. If you have children, and I just took this age, it's just an arbitrary number out there, under 12, because I figure once you get to 12, you're semi-responsible-ish. I mean, you can walk long distances without, Dad, can you pick me up? Stuff like that. Um, obviously we have teenagers. Yeah, yet. that's true. <laughs> Dad, I'm so tired of walking. You just went from the couch to the refrigerator. <laughs> All right. Um, so if you have children, I'm saying under 12, Randall may disagree with me on that since his are above 12. Um, plan on getting to the airport two hours before your departure time. I know that seems like a long time, but... We all know that you're not actually going to leave on time, so that little buffer, that little buffer of time will help you. Um, also, that two hours of time, this is, I'm talking about you get there, you've got to park, 
you've got to check bags potentially. You might have to actually get your boarding pass printed off. Even if you don't have to do that stuff, you still have to get through TSA. We all know those lines are a bear. Um, you're going to have to do potty breaks. You may be buying food there at the airport. You know, you've got your snacks, but maybe you wanted a warm breakfast. Well, if you're wanting that, you're probably going to the airport to buy it there because nowhere else, if you're leaving early enough in the morning, is open for you to get breakfast out there in the real world. Um, get there early. Those potty breaks, those food purchases, they eat up time because there are lines everywhere you go. It's not just you in that airport. Um, okay. Know where you're going to park before you arrive at the airport. Am I going to be parking on airport property in the garage area? Um, am I going to use an off-airport parking service? Off-airport parking services are cheaper. They drop you off at your ticket area on a shuttle that is pretty much every five minutes they're picking up and dropping off. Um, garage parking is more expensive, but you know you, you can walk to the airport. But you still have to walk from your car through the garage over whatever tunnel or skyway they have to get you to the airport. Take the escalator or the elevator down to the ticket area or to TSA. Really, off airport parking is probably the better. The only the only good thing about on airport parking, like in a parking garage, you're covered. Uh, you're not always covered. Your car is not always covered by something physical when you're off airport parking. Um, and then during holiday travel, make reservations to ensure you have a parking spot. All, All right. sorry, go. This, this is one that I'm really interested in because I did not know that you could reserve a parking spot. You can, and this may be a newer thing, but I know parking spot is one of the main, uh, off-airport parking businesses. You can use their app, and you can make a reservation there. You can call to make a reservation. But, yes, you can make a reservation to get a guaranteed spot. They do covered and uncovered, so you can choose whichever one. Make your reservation. It'll just save you. And so yeah, save you time driving around trying to find the empty mm -hmm. spot. And I have noticed last time we were down at DFW, like the parking garage will tell you there's three spots this way and stuff like that. Yes, a lot of uh, airport on airport parking has gotten these like lighting systems. And so mm -hmm. if a spot is full, it will have a red light illuminated above that parking spot. If it's empty, it will have a green light. So as you're driving around, you can spot those green It's on the ceiling. So you can spot where those green lights are and head towards those. That's a pretty innovative uh, idea. Um, but again, you're paying a lot for that green light. And you're not guaranteed that spot during a busy holiday travel exactly. season. So uh, your point in making a reservation to make sure you have Spot, wherever it might be that is awesome i didn't know you could do that and since i'm i'm the kind of guy that i don't want to drive for half an hour trying to find a spot in a crowded garage 
that's something I'm probably going to do in the future. Uh, here's another thing. If you decide to park at the airport on, on in the airport garage or whatever, there are different prices for where you park. If you are willing to park on the very top level where it's you know uncovered, you're on the top of the garage, it is often cheaper than parking on a covered level. Also, they... I know at least at our airport, there is premium parking, which I have no idea what that means because you're parking in a garage and it's not like your car's getting a oil change while it's there or anything. That would be cool, but it's not happening. Now they do have valet parking and you're obviously paying primo for that, but some people do it. So I didn't know that either, that the on airport parking garage will have different pricing tiers depending on where Mm -hmm. you park didn't know that that's interesting okay stuff good stuff here good stuff all right so we've arrived at the airport okay we're we're, we found our parking spot we drove into our guaranteed reserved spot we caught the shuttle or walked from our um uh, parking spot to the airport what do we do when we arrive at the airport now? All right. So let's say you have to go to the ticket counter. I don't know for what reason, okay. checking bags, whatever. Um, you can okay. either now at, a, at most airline ticket counters, you can check your own luggage. You sign yourself in. You're basically checking in that you're there. You take your luggage. It'll print out your bag tag for you to put on your bag and you carry it to the conveyor belt and off it goes. Or if you have to talk to a a customer service agent, you can do that as well. Either way, you can do that. Have all your documents ready. If you're going to talk to a ticket agent, they're going to need to see that government issued ID or passport. They're going to need to see your boarding pass. Uh, If you don't have your boarding pass, they're going to need your uh, reservation number. Uh, different airlines have different names for these things. It's just a series of letters and numbers that you get that's only for you so they can pull you up in the system. Have that ready. Don't dilly-dally with your bags. Don't Don't get up to the front of the line and say, oh, little Johnny needs his whatever out of here. And you open your case up and you're pulling things out. Have it all already done. Get them on the scale. Let the agent do their job because there's a full line of people behind you trying to get on their airplanes as well to get to their flights. Um, here's, here's one of the biggest things. This applies all through the entire, your entire time in your airline adventure. If something happens that you don't like, a delay, your your bag is overweight at the ticket counter, because yes, that happens. People overpack their bags and there's a weight limit. They're going to charge you more or they're going to tell you to somehow split it up. Guess what? The agent doesn't like that either. They don't like that they're having to tell you to do something different or at least at my airline, they don't like having to tell you to do that. Be nice. Just go along with it. They're not trying to give you a hard time. They don't want 
nobody at the airport wants to give you a hard time ex- except maybe TSA. And I am going to get so random searched because they're going to know exactly who I am. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> nobody wants to give you a hard time. They want this to flow just as smoothly as possible. Just, hey, you're, you're not driving in the family station wagon down the road where you can pull over and get directions or pull over and get gas or pull over. I forgot something. Let's pick it up. You are going to go ride on a multi-million dollar machine. Things have to go kind of just right for the whole airline industry to work. Just grin and bear it. Be nice. Okay. Yeah. And, and, I know you. I know we've all we we all give the TSA agents kind of a hard time uh, because we, we've all heard the stories. Like I, in fact, it's the running joke in my family that I am the uh, the poster child for the random. Put that in quotes <laughs> because I get pulled out of every line to get the the special treatment every time I go through there. Like, yeah, this is so random. But with with, with a criminal justice background. That's where my degree and stuff is in. These 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 men and women are, are doing their jobs and trying to keep everyone that comes in and out of the airport as safe as they possibly can be. And um, so yeah, we, we, we give them a hard time, and I'm sure they've heard every joke that 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 you could prob- probably throw at them. But these are men and women; these are people too, and they're just trying to do their job and earn a living. All right, two things on that. I'm going to start calling you Random Randall, and um, <laughs> and you're and you're exactly right on that. They, I, I really don't think there's a TSA agent out there that likes it when you have to get randomly searched. That likes it when they see something in your bag that's suspicious. Because one, if it is not a threat. It's inconvenience to you. It's inconvenience to them. It's inconvenience to their supervisor because they have to get a supervisor over there to check that stuff out. It and the dozens of people that are standing in line. Exactly. Or it really could be something, and their day is really about to get bad. So yeah. either way, it's they're not like happy that. about it. Yeah, it's like the highway patrol that you know pulls someone over and um, catches the suspicious. You know, maybe they maybe they catch the barrel of a gun under a seat or something like that, and their day goes from just a random, um, you know, just pulled up someone over for speeding or a busted tail light to let them know, hey, you got a busted tail light. Here's a warning to, I might be in a dangerous situation. Exactly here. right. Normally. Exactly right. So again, be nice. Be nice to those highway patrol officers too. They're just doing their job. Yes. Because I'll be out while you were on your way to the airport, making sure you're under the speed limit, not driving recklessly. Yes. All right. So speaking of TSA, we have gone from the ticket counter to the security line. Yeah. All right. So you get okay. in line. So go what, ahead. Yeah, we're we're in line for security. Okay, and so I, I'm going to get to the front, and I have like got military boots laced up to my knees and I have nothing prepared. Is that a good way to that be? That is the worst way to be. Uh, <clears throat> how, how, how do I need to be? What's the best possible way for me to get through security as quickly and painlessly as possible? All right. So most people now know 
you have to take your shoes off when you go through security. If you are one of those people that has not flown since well since before 2001, there are still people out there like that. Hey, you have to take your shoes off when you go through security. It's just a fact. So, if they have laces, unlace them before you get in line. I don't care if they it doesn't look cute or it's not fashionable with your suit. Unlace your shoes, have them ready to slip off, put them in the bin to get ready to go. Um, Nobody wants to wait for you to do that. Better yet, wear slip-on shoes like loafers or flats or something like that. Cowboy boots are great for that as well. That's why I wear cowboy boots all the time because they are easy to put on and easy to take off for the most part. Um, Make sure you have your boarding pass and your ID ready because guess what? TSA is looking at that as well. They want to make sure that it's really you going through security. Uh, Laptops still have to come out of bags. And now there are some now new levels of security. Um, I say levels like premium levels. You can pay for TSA pre-check. If you do TSA pre-check, You don't have to take your shoes off. You don't have to take your laptops out of the bag. You don't have to take your jackets off. You just go through the x-ray machine. The reason you don't is because you've gone through a pre-screening process with them. They've done background checks on you to make sure that you are very unlikely to be trying to pull something off in the airport. Um, That's interesting. Um, Because we have seen that and wondered... Kind of what we kind of understood what it was that like you get to bypass the the big long line, but never really understood what went went in it. So you've had a background check and stuff like that, but it's important to note that you still have to get X-rayed and all that good stuff when you go. Through yes, there. and and if they see something in your bags, guess what? You're still accountable for it. You can lose your TSA pre-check status if you do something stupid. Um, so either way. Again, be nice. Be nice to your TSA agents. They will quietly, in their mind, thank you for that. Uh, Make sure that you have all TSA-compliant items. Again, go to tsa.gov if you don't know what you can take into the airport onto the plane. If you have children, keep them with you and under control. Johnny... I I don't know why I always use Johnny as a name, but Johnny 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 gets used for examples. Poor, all poor, the time. Johnny. poor Johnny. Let's go with um, <laughs> little Benji, little Benjamin. Um, let's say little Benji goes is a runner and he likes to duck under the turnstiles and uh, and just weave in and out of people while you're standing in lines. That's not going to fly in a TSA line. They're going to tackle little Benjamin. And they're going to find you, and now you're going to have to do some explaining of why your child is not under control in a secured environment. Hmm. Not a good way to go. So, please, keep them under control. TSA will thank you. Your fellow passengers will thank you. Give them clear directions on how to proceed through security as well. This is something else I've seen. Even on the best-behaved children, you walk up, there's this big... Machine, uh, a certain age, 
does not have to go through the the microwave scanner machine where you know you stand there with your arms up like you're being held up at gunpoint. Uh, they just get to go through the metal detector. So it's still kind of scary for them. Just say, hey, here's what you do. You just walk right on through. Tell them what to expect. Tell them how to do it, and they'll be just fine. Um, we, when we went through our um... – my youngest was, how old is she? She's nine. They did not make her take her shoes off, which was nice. I don't know if they had to do that or if that was just them saying, look, um, you've got kids. There's, she, she doesn't look like a terrorist. Let's just move her through. So I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know if they were supposed to do that or if that's, that's an allowance they have for smaller children to say, you don't have to take your shoes off when you go. Through. I don't know for young children. I do know for adults over a certain age, so basically, your elderly folks, they don't have to take their shoes off. Okay. Interesting. Um, if you are selected for secondary screening, so what that means is you've now been pulled out of line to either, well, I'll give you some examples. You forgot that you packed a pocket knife. That happened to me one time. You left a bullet in your bag because you took it to the gun range and a, a bullet fell out of a, a box and it went into a corner of your bag or something. I don't know. They're going to find it. They're going to question you about it. Do not make smart comments and smart is in air quotes, smart butt comments like, oh, yeah, I was going to go shoot up the airport or, yeah, I was going to knife a pilot on my way in. You are going to be in big trouble. If you want to keep those items, you can mail them, self, mail them to yourself. It is going to be ridiculously expensive. That's how I guess somebody's making money off of that. But you can keep it. The easiest thing to do is just let it go. Say, you know what? I forgot it was in there. It's yours now. That's what I had to do with one of my favorite pocket knives. Very sad day for me, but you know what? It was not worth the hassle. All right. Yeah. Um, we don't. There might have been a time where you could have made a smart aleck comment like that and gotten away with it, but in today's day and age, with uh, all the junk that is happening uh, around the world, uh, and then reports coming out after. violence or something like that and then people were like oh yeah well he always said he was going to do x or y or whatever but we we never really took it seriously we, we live in a day and age where we have to take those phrases and words seriously and it's not a snowflake thing it's not a offense uh, an offensive culture thing it's it's a safety thing so just tell them why the bullet or the knife or whatever substance was in your bag and don't make smart aleck comments about it. Right on. All right, guess what? We've, we've made it through what? security. We are in the airport. That was rather painless. You know, if you do it right, it, it will be. Cool. Okay, so we've, we've gone through security. Uh, if, you're, if your name's Randall, they've pulled you out of line <laughs> to do the extra one. Um, but, but you got your stuff back. 
you, you've collected your bags, put your shoes back on, put your laptop back in your bag, and hopefully your kids haven't run off at this point. And you've moved through. You can can you breathe a sigh of relief yet? You can breathe a little sigh, because okay. really, trial one is completed. Okay. Actually, this is so, probably more like trial what, three by the time you get through security, because you got all the bags and all that okay. stuff at home. Anyway, yes. So what's so what's the next hurdle that you have to jump over? Getting to your gate. Oh. Okay. All right. So, at the airport, they have these big monitors that show you every flight coming and going into that airport. There's an arrival side and a departure side. Different airports arrange them in different ways. Sometimes they arrange the cities alphabetically, and you get to find your city, find your flight number, find your time, find your gate, all that. Sometimes they arrange them in departure order or, or arrival Ooh. order on the other side. But yeah, so <laughs> it's annoying um, because not everybody knows their flight number. Not everybody knows the exact time of departure. They just know that I had to be here by this around this time. Um, and, and if you did know your departure number or your, your departure time, it might've changed by the time you've gotten through. All yes, of this. you're exactly right. So, you go find this big monitor. The easiest thing to look for is your city because most people know what city they bought a ticket to. (laughs) Hopefully. So you get there, you find your city, follow it across, find your flight number because it is a good idea. It's going to be on your boarding pass, your flight number, and then your gate number will be there. It also has information. Hey, your flight might be delayed. And it will show that your flight's delayed to whatever time sometimes, or it will just say delayed. Sometimes it shows that it's been canceled, but there's a lot of good information there. Um, Now you have to weave your, your way plus your, the rest of your family through this minefield of other people that are also trying to get their families and their bags to their destination. You have single people that are only worried about themselves. You've got kids zipping out of into the bathroom or out of the bathroom, going to a parent who's on the other side of the hallway. Um, you've got little quote air quote service animals that are just dogs that people didn't want to have to leave at the pound or um, can't stand the stress of actually living without having their, dog with them um and they're walking along pooping on the floor yes i've seen i've seen that so it is it's kind of a war zone there so here we go focus you're going in you're going going in. in if you're running short on time say security line was longer you didn't leave on time you've got like 10 minutes to get to your gate before they leave you. Well, if you're at 10 minutes, they're shutting the door. You missed your flight. Sorry, bad news there. But now you know, there's a 10-minute rule. If you have 10 minutes before your flight departs, you're not getting on your airplane. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah, all airlines 
now close their doors at 10 minutes. The flight's closed. Nobody else is getting on because they're all trying to get pushed back on time. Um, All right. But say you've got more like 20 minutes. Don't stop for food, drinks, or souvenirs. Get to your gate. That is your job now is getting your family or just yourself to the gate. Now, you've got a little extra time. If you're by yourself, 20 minutes, that's enough time. Hit the bathroom before you get to the air, get to your gate. Airplane bathrooms are porta potties. Everybody thinks, oh, I'll just wait till I get on the airplane. No, no, it's a porta potty that flies through the air. Um, it does not get cleaned between flights either. Yeah, sorry, that water that the liquid on the floor is not always water. Um, that that might be the singular most grossest <laughs> thing. I, I know I just use like a whole bunch of grammar <laughs> right there, but I think, I think it helps illustrate how gross that was to me. It stunned you into ignorance. <laughs> yes. So okay, what, okay, we may have to rewind on this. The bathroom, the the the, the thinky that you use the potty <laughs> on the plane. It's just a flying porta potty. You're saying it is just a flying porta potty. Um, they're there's they're gross, but you're not on the airplane. Let's say I'll save that for the airplane talk. Uh, you're in the airport. Okay. Use the bathroom in the airport. I know it's a public restroom, but it's better than what you're going to find on the plane. I'll leave it at that. Um, okay. okay. Also, the kids, you know, they're going to have to go. They're not going to tell you until they can't go. So make them go in the airport. Mm. Okay. Um, But say you left on time. You got that two hours in advance. You're going to your, you're in there. You've still got like an hour left. Hit up the, hit up a restaurant, not a sit down restaurant even though ignorantly that's what so many airports are going to um, go get some food. That way you have the food and the drinks you want on the plane, or you can eat it before you get on the plane. Either way you got it. You're satisfied. Full bellies make for happy passengers. Yeah. Good stuff. So like Tiff and I have arrived, you know, the, the two hours before, and have made it through security and all that and arrived at our gate just in time to board. So that, that two hour mark, like you were saying earlier, if you arrive, if you get there through security and you have 10 minutes to get to your gate, it's probably not enough time, especially if you're in a large, large airport where you have to take like the tram or whatever to get to a different terminal. Oh yeah, whatnot. totally. Um, airports that are like that, Atlanta, Denver, DFW, uh, they're huge. If you've got 10 minutes, yes. you're not even going to get off the tram in 10 minutes, much less be at your gate. Yeah. So yeah, you got to hustle sometimes. Yeah. And when we say, and when we say huge, we literally mean mm. huge. Tiff and I got off of one in Atlanta to make a connecting flight to New York oh. one time. Literally, literally had to run a mile maybe a mile and a half, according to our uh, tracker 
device oh, yeah. to our next bundle to make it on time. And we were like, <laughs> you know, almost sick to our stomachs because we ran so much with all of our luggage. It was a horrible experience, but we had to do it <laughs> to, to get to our next uh, flight. And, and, and they are, they're, they're huge. And we, we'd only ran through part of the airport, not even all of it. Yeah, I think some people, some people get how big an airport has to be. I don't think most people do. You're mm-hmm. talking about, you can't just have gates lined up right next to each other. You have to have space outside for these airplanes that have 100-foot wingspans to park with safety, safety areas so they aren't hitting each other. Uh, that's why you're getting all that. Plus, you have sometimes hundreds of these airplanes around. You have to have space enough for them to move about the area. That's why places like Atlanta are so big, because it's a hub for Delta. Uh, DFW's a hub for American. They have international flights coming in, so you have to have customs. I mean, just airports have to be built huge now. And, and, and we're talking about, like, like you said, the, the big hubs, the big international airports, um, your regional airports, um, like we, we would fly out of maybe Fort Smith or Fayetteville, Arkansas, for, for some of us to get connecting flights out of Tulsa or Dallas. Those, those are not going to be very large. Your two-hour time limit is probably going to be more than enough time to get through security and, and walk a short distance to your yes. terminal. But your big ones, DFW, Atlanta, Denver, LA, JFK, all those other big ones like that, you're going to need that two hours, maybe plus a little bit more to make it through these crowded, humongous airports. And another thing that I forgot to mention earlier is if you are traveling international, you need to be doing like three hours ahead because you're going to have extra stuff going on with international it's just it's just a given. Gotcha. Uh, all right, we've made it. We're- okay, so we've we've made it. We've made it to our terminal. We've we've pottied in the public bathroom because we've learned that's far better than the flying porta potty in yes. the sky. What are we doing now? Right. We're 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 just kind of waiting, waiting for our, I guess our boarding you're at number. Your gate. Yeah, so we're waiting for our boarding numbers or you're waiting for your zone to be called. Depends on your airline. Every airline does it differently. Listen to the operations agent's announcements at your gate. Every airline, you've got an agent that's working that gate, sometimes called a gate agent. They are going to start making announcements about 45, 40 minutes before boarding time because they want the passengers to have an idea of how boarding is going to go. They might say, Hey, we're going to begin boarding with zone one. If you have a zone one on your boarding pass, please line up. Things like that. Uh, Or if your boarding pass has this number on it, you can line up now. Please listen to those announcements. They tell you all sorts of good information that you should know. Even if you're a seasoned traveler, you may hear something new. Now, you heard the announcement. You know it's your time to get up coming soon. 
So you go, you stand in line, you come up, you're at the gate agent, you've already got your boarding pass out. Whether it's on your phone, whether it's on paper, you've got it out because they need to scan it now. You don't need your ID anymore. That's been put away because you don't want to lose your ID. That happens a lot. So put it away back in safekeeping. Boarding pass, ding, there you go. Have a great flight. Now, some airlines have assigned seating, some airlines don't. This is where it's going to get a little tricky for people. If you're not used to flying, or you're used to flying only one airline and you've changed to another airline because it's cheaper this time, you may not be used to their seating arrangement. Find your, if you know that you have a seat number, find your seat number and go to that seat. Don't sit somewhere else. That's somebody else's seat. This happens a lot. They'll say they're traveling with someone, they couldn't get seats together, and they just end up like, oh, well, we'll just sit here and tell the other person, you know, you know, hopefully ask if we can sit here. Um, on the airplane is really not the best place to depend on the kindness of strangers. Sorry. You've got a seat assignment. Do your seat assignment. Wait until everybody's boarded. Then you can find out if that seat's going to be empty or not. If you don't have assigned seating, pick, pick your seats. Go. Go sit down. That's the biggest thing I can tell you. Go sit down. Nobody wants to stand behind you for three minutes while you're folding up your jacket, looking through your bag to find out what you want to read, hemming and hawing, pulling the seat belts out of the way. Just just go. Go. Do it. <laughs> Get it done. In, in other words, have your tablet and phone or whatever, your or your magazines, your book, your iPod, your iPad, whatever it might be, already pulled out. I mean, even if it's ready to sit down and, and stash your I mean, even on, if it doesn't right? have – you can have it in your backpack or your tote or whatever, but know where it is. Don't go have it right. search through it. Um, two carry-ons. That is all you can – back to carry-ons – it seems like, but now we're on the airplane. You only get two carry-ons. One small personal item. When they say small personal item and op the operations agent's going to be telling you that, that gate agent I was talking about, they're going to be saying this announcement. Your flight attendants are going to be saying this announcement. I'm telling you now. Your marginally pertinent airline's flight attendant. Small personal item is a purse, a backpack, a laptop case. You get one of those. You also get one, what they call a carry-on bag. This is the roller bag that you brought along with you that you called ahead to make sure that it's small enough to fit. The small personal item goes under the seat in front of you. It does not go in the overhead bin. Your roller bag is what goes in the overhead bin. This is what you paid for. If you only have that small personal item, then you can put it in the overhead. Small personal items, though, and larger roller bag, garment bag, duffel bag, whatever. Small ones go under the seat in front of you. Large ones go up in the overhead. I'm going to just flat out say it. Don't be a jerk. 
and put all your stuff up in the overhead. Sorry, Randall, if that's what you did. Um, okay. Actually, I have, I have a pro tip here about packing mm-hmm. uh, for a bag. Um, I actually have a laptop bag that I bought specifically for this reason. It's got a pocket for my laptop, which is easy to get to. So if I'm going through security, I unzip the mm-hmm. one bag, pull out the laptop, and use the screen process. But then it has another compartment that's like three to three and a half inches thick. That is just for clothing storage. Nice. And it's it's designed it's designed and built for this. And so I could pack pretty much like three days worth of clothes, at least shirts, underwear, socks, and an extra pair of pants in that one bag. And then my carry-on, I have, you know, a handful of, so I could pack for a week in just my two carry-on bags with without with the bags that I've purchased. So it, prior to going on a trip if you're if you are needing a bag or looking for a bag you might look at those options and some of them can be a little bit more expensive just because they are specially tailored for that kind of thing but i absolutely love that backpack that i have that's that's a laptop bag and then has all that storage in there for clothing and stuff yes very good point uh they they've come out with some very cool luggage options or you know bag options to try to streamline all this um i would say the worst carry-on bag out there is style it i call it a carpet bag um it's kind of has a hard it looks like a briefcase like i used to kind of say they look like old lady bags um but they've got like a hard bottom and they come up and, and curve on top and they have these hard, big hoop handles and the bases are always too wide to fit into the overhead bins without basically kind of deforming the bag. The hoop handles are always taking up too much space because they're hard. It's the worst design carry-on ever. If you're listening and you have one of those style bags, don't bring it. Anything that is not basically rectangular in shape is not a good bag to bring on an airplane. (laughs) Yeah, and we're not, and you're not trying to be mean or anything by by saying that. It's just it's practical. Like if it's if it's not bendy or soft or has weird angles or something like that, it's just going to be more difficult to put on the plane and your expensive bag or some, or the, or maybe an inexpensive bag that you just thought was cute or look good or whatever might get damaged or destroyed. It could. Because, just because of the way it was designed and just was not made for, or, or was not made best for a yeah. plane. Um, and here's, here comes another part. When you're trying, when a passenger is trying to, put that oddly shaped bag up and it's just not going and the flight attendant comes up to try to help you and says, it's not going to fit. This is their job. We, we live on that airplane. We know what will fit. We know the ins and outs. We're not trying to be mean or harsh or make your travel experience harder. We're trying to make it easier by telling you, hey, stop wasting your effort and getting dirty looks from all these people behind you. 
Let's take it down. We'll check it. And then everything will go just fine. Your flight attendants are there for you. Let them help you. Okay. Uh, If you have kids, just shuffle them into the seats. Get them out of the way. You can put the bags up faster than they can if they can even reach them. Get them up. Take care of everything. You can sort out seating later. If you're trying to save seats because you boarded first in the early boarding group and your family isn't boarding until the later boarding group or the last boarding group, Don't be upset when people ask if they can have those seats that you're trying to save. Because people will ask. What you can do is just be polite and say, no, I'm saving this for my family, whatever. Now, do not try to save three rows of seats. It's not going to happen. That is very rude, horrible etiquette on an airplane. You're saving two or three seats? Okay, that's fine. Getting up to eight, 12, way too many. Just being selfish now. But now we're on the plane. We're seated. Bags are up. Didn't have to check anything because we followed our our guidelines that were laid out earlier. Children are seated happily with you. We're buckled up. We've got our, all our entertainment and our snacks. Your flight attendants are doing the safety demo. Pay attention to that, parent. Because you never know. You may need to know what they're saying. All right. We've made it. We're in the air. We are flying. And it is time for the drinking. Uh, snack service. Airlines are not like in and out Burger or Starbucks where all that you can get isn't necessarily on the menu. What is on the menu for that that airline, that's what you can get. Don't try to order something that's not on the menu because you're not going to get it. And don't be mad when it's not there. Right. So, sorry if you're a, right, go ahead. But I was just going to say sorry if you're a Pepsi fan and all they have is Coke or sorry if you're a Coke fan and all they have is Pepsi airlines have to do business with vendors and they're going to choose who gives them the best deal there you go so you're saying that this is not like Grubhub in the sky then correct also it is not open bar i was so disappointed by dirks bentley writing or performing i don't know if he wrote it but the drunk on a plane song because i i like dirks bentley some of you may say who's he talking about country artist anyway no one Um, listens to country bart (laughs) (laughs) i say that jokingly a little tongue-in-cheek because you live in texas i live in oklahoma Almost the only radio stations here are country. So, yes, exactly. Um, so, but I mean, he's he might not be cool with the kids anymore. Um, anyway, made a song, drunk, getting drunk on a plane because he's sad that he's leaving his girl or his girl left him, something like that. I 
never listen to the song because I'm like, don't tell people to get drunk on a plane. Because getting drunk on an airplane, boarding an airplane when you've had too much to drink is illegal. Really? Okay, yes. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, mean, I kind if, of assumed it was frowned upon, but I didn't know it was illegal to board a plane while intoxicated. If a passenger boards a plane showing signs of intoxication and the FAA sees it or a passenger sees it and notifies the FAA or notifies the company, the company then has to notify the FAA, that pilot can lose their license. All the flight attendants can lose their license because it is illegal to transport a passenger showing signs of intoxication. Heavy duty repercussions, punishment. I mean, it can be really bad for everybody involved. So that's another tip. Don't show up drunk. If you're an alcoholic, you better pull it together. Sorry, just laying it out there. Pull it together for your hour, two-hour flight. Wow. You can buy, you can buy alcohol on the plane. You also can't bring your own. There's another tip. You cannot drink your own alcohol on an airplane. They have liquor licenses. Liquor licenses? Yes, that's the plural. Um, and they are only allowed to serve you alcohol that you purchase on the plane or that they give you. If you try to consume your own, they are allowed to take it. So heads up there as well. Not that you can't bring it on the, the plane. You just cannot consume it on the plane. Okay. Save it for your destination. Got it. Okay. Wow. All right. So now my wife was recently on a flight that did not offer food service. And that's okay. You may not always get a food service on a flight. Um, hers was a DFW to Fort Smith. And that pilot must have been hauling because... He made, he made it in like 33 minutes or something like that. And they, and they said, we're basically going to go up and come right back down. And so there, there will be yes. no food service on this. Yes, that, that is very typical on shorter flights, um, flights under an hour. A lot of airlines do not offer any beverage or snack service uh they might offer a water service you know what if that's all they offer be glad that that's what you got i get it you paid a lot of money for your flight most of that money is going to fuel prices and paying for your crew to be there and the baggage handlers that are putting your bags on the plane um Yes, you technically could get a quote-unquote free drink uh, if it's not alcoholic, but it's a short flight. You're, nobody has ever died of thirst on an airplane. That's a little joke we like to make amongst ourselves, but it's true. Nobody's ever died of thirst on an airplane. You're not going to be the first. You'll be okay. Or, again, bring your own water that you filled up in the airport because we, I told you you could. 
you are allowed to bring your McD's uh, extra large drink on the airplane. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So, if you, so have... you won't be the first to die of thirst. Should be printed on t-shirts everywhere then. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Maybe that can be a marginally pertinent. We might product. we might need to do that. Put a little plane in the background. Put that under it as a little tagline. Yes. We should yep. totally do that. I like it. Um, and if you have kids, either order for them or make sure they know what they're getting mm-hmm. so they can be polite and order. Nothing drives flight. At, I take that back. A lot of things drive flight attendants crazy. <laughs> this is, but this is one of them that uh, is kind of up there. Is when you go to take somebody's order, and mommy looks at little three-year-old and says, "What would you like to drink?" and waits for a response. They're three years old. Parent up and order for them. Okay. May not be popular advice in today's day and age. It's it's not. I know it's not going to be. But, but we, need, we that... need to be a little practical in some of these places. And that little Johnny. Oh, wait, wait. Benji? Benjamin? Benji. Benji, we, yeah. We, we'll try to use a girl's name next time because we are in that day and age. But let's face it. You're, you're, on a, you're on a small cylindrical tube hurtling through the air with dozens of other people that are also wanting their free snack and water in a timely fashion. Just, you know, you should, he's three years old. You should know what Benji is going to want. Right. That's right. And, and if you know that he's not supposed to have a soda and he sees the soda and he asks for the soda, don't give him the option for the soda. Just say, we'll take a water and some peanuts, please. And just give him the water and the peanuts. If that's what you want him to have. There you go. So I, I do have a quick question uh, concerning children because you know I you know I've got a teenager and and a and a, a not quite teenager at home, but uh, but this one's mainly I guess for the ones that have younger children. Do flight attendants? Do you have a preferred place for younger children to sit on the plane? Aisle seat, middle seat, window seat something like that, or, or, or you're just cool with whatever. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. Uh, really, if the child is going to sit on the aisle seat, they need to keep their feet in. They need to keep their head in. They need to keep their arms in because normal passengers, they're, they're actually probably going to be a little, more precautious as they're going down the aisle, flight attendants are flying down the Mm -hmm. aisle because we have to get all those beverages out. Um, I hooked a kid's foot before and thankfully it bent in the correct direction, but it, his foot hooked my thigh as I was coming by because he had it hanging over the armrest and I had my tray so I couldn't see. And uh, and as as it hooked, his leg bent around the seat back, and you know I was able to stop, skid to a halt, and I'm like, "Whoa, are you okay, buddy?" Uh, 
And he's like, oh, yeah. But we're flying through there. We, we, if we've got our, our beverage cart, his leg would have been broken. Mm. I mean, that, those things are heavy. So just if you've got kids, really, this is good advice for adults too. Keep your arms, keep your legs, keep your bags inside, out of the aisle way. Um, a lot of parents that are holding babies, I get it. You got to switch arms. It, they get heavy holding even little babies, but they let their little baby's head hang out into the aisle way. And it's not safe. You just, you got to be thinking about what's going on around you. So aisle seat, window seat, middle feet, seat. It doesn't matter. Front plane, back of the plane. Doesn't matter. Kids are good either way. I will say, if you are prone to getting airsick, the front of the plane is the best area to sit in front of the wings. So the wings behind, forward then. Wings forward towards the pointy end of the airplane. That's the best because you don't feel the turbulence as bad. If, if you are in the back, very back of the plane, that's where you're going to get the roller coaster. So that ride. sounds similar to vehicles in. You sit in the back of like the SUV or something, you're getting tossed around you're more likely to get car sick back there. Yes, you're exactly right. Cool. And that's, that's really marginally pertinent information right there that I didn't, that there I didn't know. I just thought, cause I, I know the science behind flying and all that good stuff, but I'm, I'm not a pilot like you. I'm not in the industry like you, and I certainly don't fly enough like you. So knowing those little nuances about like, well, you're, you're more likely to get, you know, airsick or whatever in the back of a plane. That's good. That's yes. very good stuff. Yes. Uh, I think, I think I've come to the end of my, my guide for traveling. Wow. 73 pages in show. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> And, and the thing is, is that we, we started this thing and like, we want to do a 45 minute to an hour long podcast. We, we might have to break this one down in, into two different parts. We'll see. When, when it, we, it could be a hall. It could be a holiday. It special. could be. <laughs> the marginally pertinent holidays. Yeah, usually, usually people wait a couple of years before they like do a holiday special. We'll do it now. You know, <laughs> that's, that's right. Show number three. <laughs> Four, four, four. <laughs> a new hope, a new hope. Yeah, but I think I think uh, you have this one aptly named Christmas Vacation. Um, I do have one last thing to say. Just about most people know exactly why, exactly what people's jobs are when they come to the airport environment. Um, your rampers, they're, they're doing bags. We call them rampers. The people that work on the airport, concrete area, they're, they're ramp agents, but we call them rampers. Um, ticket agents, they work at the ticket counter. Pilots, they fly the airplane. Flight attendants, most people believe flight attendants are basically just your Applebee's hostess in the air. That's not why the FAA requires flight attendants to be on an airplane. Flight attendants are on the airplane 
to save you should there be an emergency. We are the first responders. We are the security. So next time you're flying and you see a flight attendant, just remember, you start choking or have a heart attack during the flight, they're the ones that are going to save you. They just happen to serve a good pretzel and Coke. Interesting. And now that's not like new. That's because we've oh, had no. flight attendants forever. So this has been a long standing. This is why they're there. Reason for flight attendants. Correct. It it used to be required a requirement for flight attendants to be nurses. Wow. I did not now know they just, that. Now we just get trained for it. So do you? Um, we might be getting a little off. This might be like an after show part of the show or something later. Um, yeah. So are you, are you required to get like first aid certification, like a first responder would? Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not so much like a, an EMT or anything, but we were CPR certified. We know how to run an uh, AED, automatic external defibrillator. Um, the, the, the the shock paddle so thing. the shocky yeah yeah well it, we don't have paddles they're pads that uh-huh. go on. but yes we're trained how to do that um wow we we get a what we are trained to do what we are paid to do is not what we do every mm-hmm. day it's it's the stuff you hope does not happen that's why we're right. there that's good stuff and I, I think we should probably get around to wrapping this up. I, I would like to point out, Agreed. I, I would like to point out to the people that are listening that like sometimes rules, regulations, things like that don't always make sense. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we do, we do live in America, um, uh, at least Bart and I do, you listen to this podcast, you may be someone overseas or uh, neighbors to the north or south on this, but some, sometimes we think that laws and regulations don't always make sense because our lawmakers sometimes don't make the best laws. But these rules that are here for, you know, in the airport, security, all that, you may not have to understand them or why they're there, but just know that they're there for your safety and protection and that of your family and fellow travelers as well. And if you follow them and are prepared and have all the things ready, like you follow all the guidelines that Bart has done an excellent job of laying out for you in this episode, hopefully your, your travel this season, this holiday season, and from this point forward will be much smoother uh, than, than before. And so we hope that you found something in this that was marginally pertinent to your travel plans this, this holiday season. And if you liked uh, what I had to say, my guidelines, I will be posting on the website. Just I, I will I will try to make it much more brief, uh, like maybe maybe top 10 or top. It may have to be top 20 things. Uh to do for your holiday travel uh, preparedness. That would, that's, I'm looking forward to that actually, because I'm, I'm curious how you're going to condense all these show note pages. 
Like uh, I said, 10, 20, 50. <laughs> <laughs> Guide. We're going to set you up with a 101 item checklist that you need before you do your holiday travel plans. <laughs> no. No, it. but uh, we, we will we, we will have something up that um, when this gets posted to the website, a link there uh, that you could download, check it off, and just tips that um, you may all you may not think, oh that's a great idea, or hey I need I probably need ought to check that um, things that may not be mainstream stuff that you might not hear on the morning news outlet because guaranteed there's going to be a hundred people not in the industry giving their travel tips for this season. We're bringing mm. a legit guy that this is his job. This is his responsibility. He knows what he's talking about. We're bringing it right to you from the source here. No fake news here <laughs> when it comes to travel advice. It's, that's, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. No fake news straight from the horse's mouth. Um, and Bart, I want to thank you. Your expertise in this has been awesome. I have learned tons of stuff even though i've i've been flying several times before a lot of this stuff good information i've learned something i'm going to be reserving my parking spots from now on there you go and it doesn't cost you anything extra that's great to reserve great. at least not at the parking spot all right well that is i think it for this episode we don't have any special segments because this is an almost two hour show <laughs> Um, but we, we may do some bonus episodes since this is a holiday episode, um, you know, like our destination somewhere. We might come back with a couple of bonus episodes for that since this is a travel episode. Um, maybe we can find some places on your travel route that you can stop in, visit, and take some family pic- pictures with. So, Bart, do you have anything else in closing on Christmas vacation and Thanksgiving vacation travel plans and stuff? Well, not so much on that, uh, but I do want to say go over to marginallypertinent.com, visit us there. You can comment, uh, give us comments, shoot us emails. Uh, I'm still not up on the, oh, I almost said, I almost said Randall's, uh, I can't think of what that's called. The thing Randall hates to hear. Um, I am not up on Twitter or, uh, any other Instagram, things like that. You can email me. I get my emails. I check those regularly. We'd love to hear from you. Randall, what are your handles? So, yeah. <laughs> Randall. Randall. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I've already gone through all that in high school. Let's not start that again here. But uh, okay. but you, you can actually find me on Twitter at Randall Latham. R-A-N-D-A-L-L-L-A-T-H-A-M. And I'm also on Instagram at Randall.Latham. So you can find me there. Um, I'm tweeting out uh, RPG stuff, uh, retweeting psych things. Right now, I'm retweeting the Mandalorian stuff like crazy because we are only five days away from that dropping on Disney+. Plus. And uh, yeah, so we will be talking about uh, that I'm sure in the very near future. So please be looking forward to that. Cause it, we, we may have to go into some fandom nerdiness and uh, you'll have to hear yeah. about it. Yeah. So if you're a fan of that and you want uh, to, to follow us on that awesome, amazing stuff, you can also email us 
uh, Randall at Marginally Pertinent. We have Bart at MarginallyPertinent.com. Email us there. Let us know what you think. Comment on the website, um, Facebook page. You can find us anywhere you want. Let us know what you think. Give us some show ideas. Ask us questions. We'll take it all. Comments, criticisms, witticisms. That was one of my college professor's favorite things to say. And I'm... (laughs) Yes. So if, if you have any of those, please let us know. We are here for you. We want to make a show that you want to listen to. Absolutely. So... Good travels to you this holiday season. I'm Randall Latham. And I'm Bart Harper. And if you're on a plane and you hear that one of your flight attendants' names Bart, it might be me. Indeed. So hope to see you out there and putting our tips to good use. We hope you all have a good night. Good night.